What a mighty God. What a mighty God we serve. Wow. Now, Father, will you do what only you can do for us? Open us. Help us to see your word. Help us find our place in it. Instruct us and do what you said. Enlighten our path. Bring deliverance and healing. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. In the house of the Lord said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It's so good to see you. I, I wanted to tell you that we made a uh, we made a decision several weeks ago, actually a month or two ago, we decided let's follow God wherever we sense him leading. Let's ask him to help our worship to be creative, to display who he is. Let's go wherever he wants us to go. I want to give you, I want you to give yourself a hand and, and him a thank you for the way he's led you, the way you followed this morning. It's amazing. So while we're in the huddle getting ready for the game tomorrow, amen, um, I want, let's continue with the critical conversations. Look with me in the word of God. Okay, this is a, this is a training time. It is information time. But it's also application time. It's time when you can see yourself in the Word of God and you know what to do. So you can say, okay, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm going to cooperate with you. God's speaking to us about our households, our families, how God wants to manifest himself in your family, in your house, how God wants to restore what's been ripped apart how God wants to heal what has been so full of pain and misery. You have never seen anybody fight more ferociously than family fighting itself. Excuse me, am I talking to the right people this morning? Man, I, I grew up with five boys, in our household, five boys and two girls. And the girls were on both ends of the spectrum. I had an older sister who was my, who was my mother's child. I had, another, I had another brother that didn't grow up with us who was my father's child. And I, I was the oldest of my father's five boys, Lord have mercy, from my mom. We, I came from a blended family. Anybody here? come from a, a, meaning that everybody, all the children in the household did not necessarily share the same mom and dad. Raise your hand, be so kind, uh, raise your hand and leave it up and look around and I want to show you what has happened to us. Thank you for leaving that hand up. That's like a third of us. Easy. Not quite a half. A third of us grew up in families that were not what we used to call conventional. Conventional meaning one man marries one woman and out of that union come all the children. It's a new day today. 
In fact, Carolyn and I spend much of our time counseling and instructing and administering healing to families that are blended family, marriages that are blended marriages, persons who have been married uh, before, persons who've been, been through, in some cases, more than one union. And now they're coming together and they're bringing with them children. Oh, my God. You think God doesn't know what that is? You think the Lord doesn't realize it would happen? God has made provision for us. And God wants to bring not only a healing in our household, he wants to bring the treasure and the inheritance that comes along with it. So we find, I, wanna, I, want, to, um, I want us to keep walking in this story. If you want to find the story, it's in the Old Testament, it's in Genesis. Genesis chapter, well, you start with 37. And I'm not, don't start there now, we'll go further. We're down the road now. This is, this is Critical Conversations, part three. And we've been dealing with Joseph's life. Joseph, who is the youngest child of that powerful trilogy, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob, who has 13 kids, from four different women, all of them living in the same house. Look at your name and said, oh my God. Miss Wanda, I don't know what you do with that. I don't know, I don't even know how to get my mind around that. Who is responsible for what? Who answers to who? And, and I don't even know. What about the conversations behind closed doors uh, between the, the wives? And part of the children came from the servants of the wives. So we got the wives, the two wives, and the servants of the wives, and all the kids that came from them. And so 13 in all. Well, the youngest in this case, at this point, the youngest is Joseph. And it's amazing because like you, something has come from the purpose of God to fall upon Joseph. Every generation has purpose and direction and assignment in the kingdom of God. Joseph has no idea what he's carrying, but it's heavy. It comes out in his life when he dreams. For many of you, it comes out when you, in your aspirations. You don't carry the same thing your other brothers and sisters carry. There's something weighty on you. And whatever that is, as you've carried it, it's, it's like it causes problems. Like Joseph, who carried this dream. He said, I saw my sheaves. Sheaves are gatherings of the, of the, of the crop bundled together. He said, I saw all your, all your sheaves gathered around my sheaf, and all your sheaves bowed down. And here's this young kid. 17 years old, talking to his older brothers, some of them old enough almost to be his daddy. And he's telling them, oh, y'all going to bow down to me. Can you imagine what that creates in a household? Maybe you were the one that bragged about what you was going to do when you, when you was in charge and what you, how, how your life was going to go. And, 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 and your other brothers and sisters looked at you like, yeah, right. Or you might have been on the other end 
hearing one of your brothers or sisters talk about what they were carrying. Tap your neighbor and say, all of us are carrying something for God. I, I, I notice, Xavier, when I talk about this, it gets quiet. I don't get much shouting. I don't get much, thank you, praise God. I just had to kind of go this alone. So I'm going I'm I'm to keep walking with it anyway. Thank you, baby. You and me. All day all, and all night. Amen. Here we go. Whew, amen. And so Joseph, in his braggadocious attitude, goes so far to tell the dream and, and tells it twice and tells it to his daddy. And now look at me. I'm like, really? You, you think we're going to prostrate ourselves before you? The brothers are so angry and so jealous part of that jealousy you know was created by the father and some of you right here your fathers your moms and your dads created a jealousy with your other brothers and sisters because of the way they treated you you know they treated you like the favorite the unwise dad who made it known to everybody else this is my favorite this is my this is my, this is my favorite made him a special coat of many colors put it on him Every time they saw him, they were like, here he come. This is actually in the Bible. This one time he showed up on, and he was on, on assignment by his father. Go tell me what the boys are doing. They got the sheep out there. They got the flock out there. I, tell me what the flock they're doing. Amen. Excuse, I'm sorry. Y'all got, got that right. Tell me what they're doing. Tell, tell, give, give me a report of what they're doing. And he said, yeah, Dad, I'll go. And so he took his 17-year-old shiny coat all out into the, uh, into the desert to find his brother. Found him. He finally found him. Ooh. He, when he found him, a long way off, they saw him coming. They said, here he come. Here he come. Yeah. And, so, and, and one of them said, we're going to get rid of his. Y'all know, right? So we're going to we get him. They say, yeah, let's get him. They start, they start plotting together. We're going to get him. His, Joseph's pride created a plot against him. You have to read the story to believe it. It's amazing. You can read from chapter 37 on down through about 40-some. Woo-wee! It is the most this one is the most amazing story in the scripture. It's one of those stories that will change your life if you see it. And I promise you, you'll find yourself somewhere in it. And so, just to bring you up to snuff, those of you that are just joining us, they plot against him. They and, and the oldest son said, the oldest Reuben, Reuben said, Look, guys, I know we don't like him, but let's don't kill him. Let's just put him in the pit. They say, yeah, put him in the pit. <laughs> here, come, here come unsuspecting Joseph. He comes to report how they doing. Next thing you know, they grab him. They put hands on him. And, and, and some, uh, uh, some of, the, of the theologians that exegete this say that they actually roughed it. They actually beat him, roughed him up. Threw him in the pit. They didn't kill him. They did rough him up. He knew, uh-oh, he's down in the pit, no water in the pit. Reuben goes someplace to oldest, and they're going to always listen to the oldest. So he goes someplace, and they they sitting on the side, eating. They eating, and they're thinking, 
Yeah, we go. We, as soon as we get through eating, we, can you imagine how cruel that is? He ain't no water. He ain't no food. He in the pit, and they in the, they, <laughs> they outside eating. They, they chopping it up, and 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 they th and while they're planning, we go. Oh, we gonna get him. Oh, yeah. And, and then Judah rises and says, Oh, wait, 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 wait. We can't kill him. We can't. And Judah, Judah says something that's very important. And I want all of you to hear this because it might be the doorway to your deliverance. Judah said, we don't want to lay hands on him. We don't want to spill his innocent blood. They understood that when you take a man's life innocently, his blood cries out from the ground to heaven. And God Almighty, in his righteousness, will judge it. Why do you think Jesus' blood was so important? Judas said, don't do it. Don't, that, don't, don't cut him. <laughs> don't spill his blood. And they looked up, here comes a caravan of Midianites, and they sell him. They, they, you know, they sell him for profit. So now they got some money. I dream, I dream we'd get rid of him. Now they've got money. And here come Reuben. Reuben came back to the pit where he left him, and he's not in the pit. And they have already cut the goat's neck and put the blood on his garment. So, so, so Reuben don't know what, what he, all he knows is, oh my. See, the brothers, Judah and all them, they put the blood, the goat's blood, on the coat. So when, Re when Reuben comes back to get to find Joseph, he's gone. They sold him. But he's figuring, here's the garment, the blood. He said, oh, no. And if you read it, he'll say, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? Because he knows his daddy. They all got the answer to the daddy. Unlike today. They all answer to the mama. What are we going to tell him? But look, his blood, you know, a beast must have got him. So he went back to the father and said, here's his coat. Is this his coat? Is this? Check this out. Is this the coat you made for me? But y'all know how, what kind of stories y'all used to come up with, right? I'm sorry. I'm, am I talking to the wrong people? Y'all know what kind of stuff you used to make up, bro, you, are you still with, you know how kind of stuff you used to make up? Because you know dad, the wrath of father, you know the wrath of dad. So you had to tell him, you know, something, something to appease. Those of you that didn't have dad in the home, those of you, you know the wrath of mama, you know how she can go off. Hello, somebody. You know how she can get, I, did you have one of those moms that, that when she was going to fix you up, she would reach for anything near? Do you, you know how I many have an anything near mom? It could be anything, you know, you <laughs> It could be spoon, pot, fly swatter, bug spray, brush, anything. Oh, have mercy. How about them, how about them telephone cord mamas? Now, now they're a couple of centuries, I mean, a couple of uh, years back before the cell phone phenomena hit us. But the, we, had the, we had the extension cord. And the extension cord in our house was long enough to reach any home, any, any room in the house. So if you ran, don't, there ain't no running. Ain't no running. That extension cord come around the corner. Pow! And that, that extension cord would leave stuff on you. you know, when, that's why you don't want to go to school and go, have to go to gym class and change your clothes because them whips be on you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? 
That's before child protective services. And that, 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 that's, that's when actually parents had the right to beat their kids. Hello, somebody. He said, we got to face daddy. They bring it back and the father is so brokenhearted. He should have been brokenhearted. He's the one that raised his love above the others. He's going to live the rest of his days without his youngest son. And the brothers don't say nothing. By the way, mom's dad, there's some stuff between your kids that happened that went down that you're not going to get to learn until years later. I found out, Miss Sandra, I found out that 20 years ago in this building, I found out that some of them other folks' kids and my kids will go to children's church, sneak out the back window, go up here and catch the bus right up out here. This is the truth. Catch the bus right here and get on the bus and go to Lenox Mall to the, to the hotel and went swimming. I promise you I'm not lying to you. Went swimming, came back, got on the bus again and came back and we still in church. Stand up. Don't lie. Don't lie to the Holy Ghost. Stand up if you were one of them kids that did that. Stand up. Look. 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 Start, keep standing. You may be seated. Your repentance is received. Grace is upon you and you are forgiven. It was, it was my youngest son generation, Matthew's generation. If Matt was here, he'd be standing up talking about, yeah, it was me. They got to go back and face daddy. When they go back and face daddy, he is up. He comes to pieces. He, he, he weeps and mourns so much, so deeply, so deep his depression and his pain. They all, all the kids try to come and pray for him to help him, and he would not receive it. And, and so he, dad got a foul attitude from then on. Wow. In the meantime, what's happening to Joseph? From pride to a pit, and now they sell him, the Midianites sell him, and the Midianites say, well, I don't want to keep him, we can make some more money on him, and here comes an Egyptian caravan, and they sell him to the Egyptians, and the next thing you know, he's in Potiphar's house, but I want everyone here to know that no matter what happened to you out of your family, God did not leave you, his hand did not leave you, you did not escape his eye, he knew what was going on, though he did not cause it, he was still watching over it. I want you to know that you should not, don't blame, don't waste your sorrows on what you went through as a child. Don't waste your sorrows on the persecution you went through. Don't waste your sorrows on the beatings you should have never gotten. Don't waste your sorrows on the pain that was inflicted upon you because God is the one who works in the middle of it. He's working something out for your good. You just have to stay in there long enough to see it. Look at your neighbors and God's working it out for your good. Joseph, can you imagine after so many incredible dreams, his life and his lifestyle is so opposite of the dreams he dreamed. 
not even at home. Not only is he not at home, he's in a foreign land. Not only is he in a foreign land, he's in a culture he doesn't even understand. Not only that, he's a prisoner. Some of you have been removed from what you grew up in. You went through it. Look at Joseph's life, just a moment. Not only from the pit to Potiphar's house, the next thing you know, he's in, he is in the captain of the guards that guard Pharaoh. He's in his household. But the Bible says something about him we read last week. The Lord was with him. Are you still there? Great. I probably should show you that so that you get this word in your spirit. Some of you need this right now. The Lord was with him. Genesis 39, 19 through 23. Genesis chapter 39, verses 19 through 23. The Lord was with him. Falsely accused, the Lord was with him. Okay, I, 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 I took you faster than where I wanted to take you, but that's okay, it might be good. <laughs> it might be good for me to do that. Here, Joseph is working for a very powerful man in Egypt under Pharaoh, and he, he is so good. Listen to me. Please hear me. When all this negative happens to you, God knows what Satan's trying to keep down. He knows what he's trying to squelch. He knows what Satan's trying to hide. God knows what he's put inside of you. Joseph is so awesome. Even though he is separated, you know, everything he does, everything he touches, it prospers. He's a slave. But he was so good at the task they gave him that, it, that, that the master looked at, saw how everything he was attached to started flourishing and gave him more responsibility and more. In fact, in Potiphar's house, nobody in that household had more authority than Joseph. And the scripture says he didn't have to worry for anything except the food he do you know the story? I started this last week. Probably looking. Oh, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. So give me uh, 20. Signal me when I get to 20. Uh, 20 minutes. Check this out. That's the intro. That's the intro. <laughs> what happens? I look at the crowd and I'm looking at who knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Okay, you caught, say, I'm caught up. Say it louder so I can keep going, okay? I'm caught up, I'm caught up. So here he is. He, 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 he's, he can't do what he wants to do. He has to do what he is commanded to do. And what he's, and some of you right now, you got a problem. Because you're in a situation where you don't like being told what to do. You don't like being commanded. And yet that command is really God working and preparing you for something greater. Tap your neighbor and say, take care of those commands you get right now. It's preparation for something greater. Tell them something greater is coming. Something greater is coming. You need to let out 
the excellency that God's put in you. You need to demonstrate with excellence that thing you cannot stand right now. And Joseph was so good, the master said, Lord, have mercy, help me here today. I just I get these pictures and I hear these words. Some of you, some of you don't get it. Some of you are still messed up over it. You're still living back in the slavery of African Americans in the early days. You have no idea what God was doing. You, you're still on revenge. You have no idea what God was doing. Here he is. He, got, he was so good until now he's not in the field. But by the way, it says whether he's in the field or in the house, it prospered. You see Joseph moving from wherever he was to wherever he is now. And every place he was, every place they put him, everything he did, he was so good. Look, I know you might be in a bad situation, but it doesn't mean you can't be good. In fact, I want to speak to you for a second about that. Take the hand of the person sitting next to you. Say, go ahead and be good in that bad situation. Go ahead, go ahead and be good in that bad situation. Let God, let God arise in that bad situation. You may not like the way you're making a living. You might have a, you may have, God may have put an evil taskmaster over you. He may have put a supervisor or a boss over you that treats you bad. I don't care how bad they treat you. If you belong to God, if you'll do good in that situation, watch God raise you up out of it. In fact, isn't it interesting that God only raises those up who, who God only raises those up who do good under bad situations. And so Joseph, he, uh, he does everything so excellent. He runs the whole house. He runs part of his whole house. All his slaves, all of them, outside, inside. You might want to call him a house in or field in. It don't matter which kind of in you call him. He's still God, still working through him. Hello, somebody. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, something you don't want to say online because, you know, people, you know, yeah, they're not going to censor us. Okay, so Joseph, he, he, oh, he's awesome. By the way, the Bible says he looked good. He was cut. He was good in form and face. Look at your brother, look at your say, you're looking good in the face. We won't talk about your form right now, but we're looking at it. We're looking at it. <laughs> well, we're working on it, brother. We're, we're working, working on it. Together, we're, we're working, working on, on it. it. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Joseph was cut, and, and you know the story. You know the story. Let the Lord play the movie in your scene. Let the Lord play that movie scene in your mind. Day in, day out, in and out of the house, taking care of affairs, smart, knew how to talk, knew how to communicate. Where did he learn the language? He had to be sharp. He, he's, among, he's Jewish. He, he, he's, he's now living with the Egyptians. And he's running things. Some of you think that your situation won't change or can't change. And you have not applied what God has given you. Because you're too busy, hooked up on personalities. 
I, 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 I keep seeing it in my spirit, so I want to say it to you. Listen to me. Instead of being mad with God or mad with somebody else, don't you understand, God? T tell your neighbor, this is for your promotion. Oh, if you knew what God had in mind for you. He said, if you knew the plans I had for you, they are for good. I have plans. The plans I have will prosper you. That's all God's children. The magnificent God that we serve is powerful enough to have enough promotions waiting for you to include you, no matter what you're doing, where you are, no matter which mountain you're serving on. God wants to promote you. So Joseph does well every task. He ain't cussing out nobody. Hello, somebody. He ain't doing no neckology. He ain't doing no hipology. He ain't doing no pelvic thrust. Hello, somebody. I wish somebody would talk to me. Hello. He, he coming to work before time. He understand what has to be done. He done prepared himself before he show up to work that next day. He wrote, he wrote, he ready. He ain't happy, but he wrote it. Know what he's got? All he's got is a dream. All he's got is what he saw. One thing you got to clap your hands about Joseph is that he believed God. In spite of what was out of his hands, he believed God. He believed he was in God's hands. Because he believed he was in God's hands, he could perform and do what needed to be done. And he could do it so excellently that God's plan and purpose for his life assignment, God could bring it forth. And so Potiphar can't help it. He looks at him and he said, man, everything that kid touches is good. Hey, I tell you what, come on in this house. I want to take care of, all, take care of my household, take care of all my affairs. He was so good until Potiphar said, I didn't worry about nothing. I just got to decide what I'm going to eat. And by the way, if, 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 when, God is, when God is ready for you to go to the next step, he'll squash that job, either that or get you fired, and open up another job that he wants. Ain't nobody talking to me. Hello. He will do it. I promise you. Wait, wait, I see it. Those of you that God actually did that for you, raise your hand. Everybody look around. God either fired you or opened up something just like God did it. You know God did it. Look around, look around, look around. Do not forget who you serve. So Joseph, there he is. He's doing all, he's doing everything right. Actually, he's doing more than right. He's excellent. By the way, that is your standard. Tap your neighbor's excellence is no, nothing less than excellence for your life. Nothing less than an excellent performance. In fact, the Bible says, I'll show you a more excellent way. And when you embrace that, excellence is the way of God. It's the way of the Lord. And when you begin to perform that way, speak that way, walk that way, talk that way, do whatever God has commanded you to do, and doing whatever you must do, doing good in the situation where you're in, when, when you do that, you give God, you give God the leeway to really bless you for what, with what he really has for you. A 
He'd be looking so good to her. She'd be so excited she could slide off the seat. Her eyes betray her. Next thing he trying, she said, "Come on, baby." She talking nice. She flashing. Ain't nobody talking to me right now. And I'm speaking right now, in this case, to the brothers, because I want you to know, when, when the enemy figures out that you wanted them, then he will send you some temptation. You got to pass that test to get to the next place. Are you guys there? You show up to work that day, you, you, know, you, 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 you got your mind white. You kissed your wife, hugged your kids, you prayed for your kids, you went on off to work, and you got there that, that day, and, and, and you're sitting there at your desk, and she came and flopped them right on the desk. Plop, plop. Are you guys okay? <laughs> and you and you shocked. You shouldn't be. You gotta pass. Brothers, you got to pass that test. Tell you another brother, Biden, you got to pass that test, man. You got to pass that test. You're in the office, you're walking around, you, you, got, you know, you're in a hurry, and everybody, everybody's cut the meeting, they call the meeting, and she want to sit right next to you. So, can I add to it? What did you say, baby? I said, why she got to hold her mouth like that? She said, why she got to be holding her mouth like that? Minding your own business, you're doing your due, and here she comes. Now you at you you at the you at the, the at the at the at the, the copy machine. You work in a copy machine. She gonna come behind you. She gonna reach over. Are you all breathing? She in the next cubicle. Hello. She gonna. Flip around in her cubicle. She's going to flip around right quick. You, she know you're coming back. She's going to flip around. You all right, bro? Look at your brother say, you got to pass that test, man. You got to pass that test. You get a call, can I see you? You come in the office, the boss, the boss tell you, can I see you? Yes, you come in the office, she done put everybody else out the office, and you come in the office, and she said, sit down. She gonna get out of her chair. She gonna come around the desk. You sitting in front of the desk. She gonna slide her hips up on the desk. And she gonna slide her legs around. Are you, hello, are you there, are you there? And she's going to talk real nice to you. Well, I feel like there's a promotion coming. I would like for you to consider the promotion. In fact, I'd like you to meet me for uh, cocktails. Cocktails. So y'all so slow. Are you feeling me? Are you feeling me? 
You have to make up your mind. You have to make up your mind where your allegiance is. Joseph said to Potiphar's wife, who got the hots for him, and, and, and the Bible said, he wasn't just one time, every day, day after day, day after day, just working on him. When, when Joseph got up to come to work, he knew what he was going to have to face. He had to do his job, but he can't do his job without crossing her paths. Some of you are in a situation right now, you have to cross the path of the person who's trying to get you off your game, out of your purpose, out of your destiny. Joseph stays on point. Obviously, the dream was so big, it stayed in him. Ain't nothing you can do to me to turn me from this. And he told her, he said, look in the scripture. He said, are you serious? My master has put me here and put everything under my control. He has kept nothing from me in his whole household, in all of his business. He's trusted, he's entrusted that to me, except you, because you are his wife. Isn't it amazing to me how people want to transgress relationships? You say, well, I'm married. You see the ring? I see the ring. You're married? Yeah, I see the ring. I see the ring. <laughs> Are you tired? Are you satisfied? Are you happy? Are you guys okay? Excuse me, am I talking foolishness or does this kind of mess go on where you are raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about and it goes on this is the this is the climate that we live in Joseph was put in that climate and God knew it so what are you gonna do Joe he said I can I will not do this until one day she just couldn't stand the more resistant he was the hotter she got because you always want what you think you can't have she grabbed it. Wait till the office was completely empty after hours. She grabbed it. Man, when she grabbed him, you know, I, 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 I thought about that. You know, what would you do if somebody grabbed you? I mean, you knew what he or she wanted. What would you do? What would you do if it was a person of authority? Would you transgress the principle because you wanted to keep your job? Joseph teaches us exactly what to do. <laughs> the New Testament says, run from all appearance of evil. Run. Bible says flee. That means run. Flee, F-L-E-E. -E. That means get up, get up and get out. Look at, tell your brother, tell your sister, get up and get out. Leave. That's exactly right. Whoever said, run for us, run. That was prophetic. And, and she grabbed his coat. She, he said, oh, no. You, no. You, and he will not allow, listen to me. He will not allow his skin to touch her skin. When you, look at, when you look at the scripture again, it says, he would not lay beside her, neither would he come into her. Excuse me, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm talking to the body of Christ. I'm talking about family stuff. She probably said, well, just, 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 just lay right here. You don't, you don't have to do nothing. Just, just, just lay here. How many of you understand the voice of the enemy? You understand it. Joseph said, no, I'm not doing this. I'm going to shun the very appearance of evil. In fact, I'm, 
He's, he's appalled that she would even think that way about him because he had enough respect for his master. No matter how he was treated, he, he had enough respect for him and for covenant. I wish, God, I wish I could preach that today. He understood what covenant was. That's why he said, you are his wife. You're married to him. I understand what that is. That's a blood thing. That thing impacts generations. I will not dare transgress that. And he runs. And he's thinking, oh, wow. What's going to happen? Who's going to believe who? I left my coat. I can't go back and get the coat. You don't understand what's going on here. And she hollering, servants, servants. Now, first she done put them all out. Now she calling, servants, help, help. He's trying to rape me, help. She done brought up them fake tears. Potiphar comes home. Look what he did. Look what he did to me. He tried to make sport with me. She reduced sex to sport. And let me just say this to all of us who are sitting here today. May the Holy Spirit come upon you in these days of fasting and praying and preparation for detox. By the way, detox is honoring the presence of God. A detox is encountering the presence of God to enable you to rid yourself of every attitude or action that would sabotage your purpose, your assignment, and your calling. Lord, so he, 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 why did he run? Here's my opinion. The Bible does not say this. This is my opinion about what I'm reading. I think Joseph had to fight something inside of him. He knew it was appalling, this whole breaking of covenant and transgressing the orders and, the, and the, the trust of his master. He knew what that was. But I think day after day after day after day, his flesh, he, had, he lived in his flesh. I think he had to fight something inside himself. I wish I had a stool right now. I could sit down and talk to you like Papa. Because every man and every woman in here lives inside a body made of flesh. Are you guys okay? And, and because you live in flesh, flesh has its own mind. It is your spirit in your, in your soul that's to overcome your flesh. You have to make that decision inside of you. Not that you don't want to, it's just decide that I ain't. I will deny my flesh because it transgresses my God. I will deny my flesh because it sabotages my purpose. I will cut off my fleshly desire so that I might have everything that God wants for me. I will not satisfy my carnal desire and release sin and multiply it in the world. I will not do it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I don't, don't be stupid. Don't not, do not, because you're not, listen, you're not ignorant, so don't be stupid. Everybody in this house here right now, if you are in a marriage relationship, that thing at one time will be tested. Getting no amens or nothing. I don't, I don't need one, but I'm just, I'm just wondering what's wrong with you. 
because there's no way you can be married in a covenant relationship without it at some point at some time being tested while your feelings start betraying you and your flesh starts rising up are you, you hear me brothers do you hear me sisters because there will always be somebody that look hello uh, it's not that Joseph I don't I don't believe it's not that he didn't she he wasn't moved by her in fact, I, I suspect that's the reason why he ran. Because he was moved by her. Because he's saying, if I stay here, I'm going to be in trouble. The Bible says, make no provision for the flesh to obey its lust that comes from it. So Joseph runs, and she is mad now. Ooh, a woman scorned. Ooh, wee. She don't told everybody. Ooh, yeah, he did it. He did it. He did it. You did it. You did it. Now you're going to get it. <laughs> Potiphar comes home. He did it. He did it. You make sure he gets it. And, and Potiphar, was, I, I believe he, he's a captain of the guard for Pharaoh who can't take care of his own wife? Oh, he said, oh, yeah, where, where, where you at? <laughs> you know what he called it, right? Where's that Jew at? But you know, he, he, America, okay, God. And so he, he gets him and he puts him in prison. Okay, now here we are. He puts him in prison. And when he puts Joseph in prison, Joseph has to weather another false accusation. I'm not guilty of what they said, but I'm being punished for it. And you know what that would do? That would make him question the very God of his salvation. Just like many of you have a problem. You, 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 you blaming God for the condition of your upbringing and the brothers and the sisters and the way you were treated, the way they lied on you. We were praying for some of you in the altar last week because you've been burdened under the yoke of false accusations. Oh, my God. And Joseph, he is, he, you know, at this point, you, you wonder. They throw me in the pit. <laughs> and they sell me. And they sell me again. Now I'm doing good. And they falsely accuse me again. They put me in prison. Okay, but with that, good. So, grab the scripture and, and look what the scripture says. As we get ready to in this story, at least this part. Falsely accused, and he was there, and the Bible says he was there, verse 19 through 23, he was there, and the Lord was with him. Look at your neighbor, said the Lord was with him. This is one thing, I, I, if, if people of God, if you don't get anything else, when the Lord says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, he meant that, he did not say you would always feel him there with you. He did not say that, that I'm going to cause the chills and my presence to be known no matter what you're going through. He, no, no, he said, I am with you. And this is regardless of what you're feeling or what you're not feeling. And the Lord was with him. And look at this. When he got to jail, the Lord extended kindness to him. Are you all with me still? 
And the Lord gave him favor, here we go again, in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer looking at the prison, looking at the prisoners, and he notices Joseph. He said, I like that guy. Favor is what God puts on you. It causes other men to like you, appreciate you, value you, and help you. Cooperate with, and cooperate with you and cause you to rise. Man, I, I want to just lay hands on everybody in the building. I, want, I feel like I just want to tell you the favor of God has been resting on you and you have not acknowledged it. You need to acknowledge that the favor of God is on you. God wants to use that for, for his glory in the negative situation in which you've had to walk through. God arranged a number of circumstances for you to be here today to hear what I'm saying. Joseph is in the midst of it. He can't get out of it. Look at your neighbor and say, you can't get out yet. You can't get out till God lets you out. So you're going to have to, you're going to, have to bring it where, where you are. Genesis 39:22 says, the chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail. He's going to put all the jail, he's going to put all the jailbirds under him. What is that? He just got there. So whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. Okay, ask your neighbor, what is God making you responsible for? You want to find God? Look at your responsibility. Some of you want to run away from responsibility. When you run away from responsibility, you run away from your destiny. God wants to give you responsibility. I'm talking to every single one of you that work in the workplace. God wants to put more responsibility on you because he wants what's in your care to be run the way he wants to run it. So it gives you influence and causes people to like you so you can get done what needs to be done. Some of y'all are like, oh, no, I don't, I don't you know, no, I, I ain't going. Some of you have a problem because you talk so bad about your supervisor. And God's call on your life was to be a supervisor. So you ain't know in the world you're going to take that job. They ain't, um, them Negroes ain't going to talk to me that way. And you have totally missed it. You don't understand that God does so because in order for his, king, his kingdom, in order for his purpose to come about, he has to have somebody in there that's for him. That'll do it right. That won't lie. That won't cheat. That won't steal. Wow. When they put the money there and see if it's there the next day. It's under your care and you didn't take it. And they find the money and they say, uh-huh, okay. Or you, you, you're responsible for, for balancing in the account and they fix it so that they know how much it should be. But, they, but you're in a situation where you could adjust it and flip it you know, and, and take a little something, something, something home. 
And you say, well, you come back the next day and you say, oh, by the way, well, I balanced the account and this part was left out. I don't know where it came from. And they're, and they're looking at you like, what? Y'all remember Eddie Murphy? The movie I'm talking about when he, when, when they, when they trading places. Y'all remember trading places? When they got him off the street, dressed him up in the blazer, gave him responsibility, left the money out there. He said, oh, I found this. And they were betting to see if he's going to take it or not. Look at your name and say, they're betting on you too. And when you do it right, because you're working not unto men, but you're working as unto God. Which is what the scripture says, the way we should handle our work. So Joseph is so good. Whether he's in Potiphar's house, large and in charge, or whether he's in jail, God still makes him large and in charge. Excuse me, ask yourself a question. What is God preparing Joseph to do? Okay. I know you want to go home. I do too. So ask your neighbor, what is God preparing for you to do? You all there? So, for what God has made, for what has God made you responsible? For what has God, what did God put you over? What, what did God, what task, what responsibility did God give you? Because if you've been privileged, I, I, I'm curious, I, I'm looking at it right now. How many of you have recently, in the last six months or, or so, gotten a, a promotion with more responsibility? Would you raise your hand, please? More responsibility? Promotion with more. Wait, but that means like, okay, that's like a, it's like a, uh, it's like 10, 20% of you. Wait, 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 wait that hand back there. Wow. Do you understand that when you get more responsibility, it's actually more authority? Because authority always accompanies responsibility. All authority is from God. And therefore, when it comes to you, don't push it away. Open your arms and receive it and walk in and say, God, help me now. You think that's something. You wait till you see what's coming. So Joseph takes that responsibility. And he so good He's so incredible until the chief jailer did not supervise anything, verse 23. The chief jailer, jailer did not supervise anything under, he did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge, but the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. If you will decide you're going to do right, whatever you miss, God will make it up. In Genesis 40, in Genesis chapter 40, verse 4, the captain of the bodyguard put Joseph in charge of them, and he took care of them, and they were in confinement for some time. Say, for some time. So Joseph, you know, after at least a couple, he's in there. We don't know exactly how many years, but he's in there, and he's doing his thing. Some of you feel like you're just going through the motions. You've been there so long. 
Do not be weary in well-doing. For in the end you will reap a reward. While Joseph is going through his duties, the, the, the cupbearer and the baker make a bad mistake. I don't know what it was. I don't know if they baked the wrong dish for Pharaoh or if they stuck their finger in the, in the glass. I don't know what it was. But whatever it was, Pharaoh threw them in jail. In fact, they were lined up. I, they didn't know what was going to happen. They were like, oh, oh, oh. We, you know, I, one day in, in Pharaoh's favor, the next day, lock these, lock these clowns up. And when they, when they got locked up, guess what? The chief jailer put the, the baker and the cupbearer in Joseph's care. And the Bible says Joseph took care of them. Because you know what happens when fresh meat comes into the prison. Joseph protected them. And they told what happened. Have mercy. And they had a dream. And they told Joseph the dream. Joseph said, I, you know, the Lord, the Lord gives interpretations for dreams. And he tells them, he, he, he tells them the dream. He tells them the interpretation of the dreams. And they are marveled at him. And he told them, three days you're going to be out. Pharaoh's going to put you back. Uh, Cupbearer, he's going to put you back in office. Baker, uh, you're going to be dead in three days. Tell them the truth. Pharaoh going to lift your head from your body. Are you all there? By the way, if God gives you some news, if God gives you an understanding, you better deliver what he says no matter what. When you're in responsibility, you have a responsibility to say what is the truth. And Joseph does not shirk that. He says, he tells him exactly what he sees. But I got to give you this last point so, so you can go home and I can go drink water. Amen. He says to the captain, <laughs> he says to them, look, uh, is this interpretation good for you? They say, oh, this is awesome. This is right. And then Joseph in verse 40, this is some of you right now. Verses 14 and 15. Only keep me in mind when it goes well with you, and please do me a kindness. Do me a favor here, bro. By mentioning me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house. For I was, in fact, kidnapped from my land, from the land of, my, of the Hebrews, and, and even here I have done nothing that they should have put me in the dungeon. Okay, so here's what we're going to end today. As long as, you, as long as you living in your sorrows the way you were treated, God is unable to do all that he wants to do or unwilling to do all that he wants to do with you. As long as you blaming somebody, Blaming your older brother, blaming your sister, blaming your mama, blaming your daddy. As long as you're doing that, you, 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 you forfeit what God wants for your life. Hey, when you, when you go back talking to the cupbearer, hey, put a word in for your bro. Hey, put a word for your, for your man. For your, put a word in for me. 
Don't don't forget your boy when you don't don't forget your boy when when you when you get back to Fayetteville. Tell him you know I'm I'm cool. I mean I ain't I, they put me I, I'm 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 innocent. Look at your neighbor. Tell him that long as you cry in innocence, you're gonna stay in your situation. You still trying to get justified? Don't you know God is the one that does that? And when He does it, nobody can undo it. Something you got to close your mouth. Speak to somebody. Look at another name. Say you got to keep your mouth closed about this. I'm gonna pray for you in a minute. He said, "I was kidnapped. Uh, I'm a Hebrew. I'm not even Egyptian. Uh, I, I didn't do nothing to be in, in, in this dungeon." Verse. Chapter 41, verse 1. Now it happened at the end of two full years. Opening his mouth cost him another 24 months. See, the reason why you can taste that quietness up in here right now, because we all up in the Kool-Aid right now. Because you have to make up your mind, saint, that God is the one that controls my life. Nobody against me can stop what God's doing. There is no weapon formed against me that will prosper. There's no plot against me that will get me out of the will of God. God is my God. God is my keeper. God is my judge. And, and whatever he wants for me, it will happen. So I'm staying right where he put me so he can make it happen. And I'm going to stay here with the right attitude. They treated me bad. I'm smiling the whole time. They, 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 they put me in a bad light. They slandered my name. So what? I feel you, dog. Because you know, you know, you know about getting some, you know about getting somebody mad is when they blame you for something that you didn't do. But usually folks who holler up when they blame for something they didn't do, they holler loud because of what they did do. So Joseph didn't say, I ran my mouth to my brothers. I should have kept my mouth shut. He ain't going there. He's talking about what they did to me. As long as you have that victim mentality, you will never be put in a victor mentality. The moment you decide, I am not a victim, I am a victor, God will turn and reverse that curse. God will flip that thing around. He'll bring about a divine reversal, and he'll give you a divine recovery, and he'll give you everything he promised, everything that he promised for your life. He will bring it about. So you go, get on your feet. You're going to deal, you're gonna have to deal with that. You don't need to tell anybody else about what happened to you. Because every time you talk about it, it makes you mad. Am I talking to the right people today? You need to shed that blame game. Get it out your mouth. Get it out your heart. Get your heart before God and see, Lord, I don't understand. I don't see. This is, this is the problem. When you don't understand something, it doesn't mean there's a fault in God. And most of you, you have not figured it out yet. Enough time has to go by for God to reveal what he's doing. 
God's working without your permission behind the scenes, lining everything up so that when he wants to get you out, he gets you out and put you as high as he wants. But you need to shut up and let God work. Put a moratorium over your complaining, your bickering, your moaning, your itching. Put a moratorium over that. Quit complaining to your loved one. Quit, quit complaining to your family. Every time family reunion comes, you act a fool. God's trying to work in your family. Trying to put, he's trying to bring it all together. Only God has the power to do it, and he does have the power to do it. But he's got to get you. He, you are key to that. But God's got to get you right. You've got to get yourself right. Right now, in the midst of this right now, lift your hands to the Lord. When, when I saw the LU when you gave me this word, it was so powerful. You said it, and I heard you the first time you said it. But it hit me so hard afterwards when I came back. It just, it just radiated in my, in my soul. When you said to me, there are things that God allows by his wisdom that he could prevent by his power. I said, oh God. He didn't do it, but he allowed it. He withdrew his power and allowed it because his wisdom was dictating where he wanted to bring you, where he wanted to take you, what he wanted to do with you, what he wanted to do through you. Look, God can't minister to folks through you the way he wants to unless you have experienced the thing that you're ministering about. Don't you understand every time you come through a season of, of, of trial, of, of problems, of difficulty, you get an anointing to deliver others? You need to shut up. I, that's kind of bad language, but you need to shut up. Actually, the way the re I really want to say it, you need to shut the hell up. No, I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I really want to say something else, which is even more effective. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so, because you, you, you know what? When you open up your mouth, you, 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 you sabotaging your own assignment, sabotaging your own purpose, sabotaging your own destiny. I, this is about your relationship with God, because when you get that relationship right, He's gonna fix that thing with your brother, your father, your sister, your mother. He's He is already in the process of, of repairing that, but He got to get your heart right, baby. He got to get your heart right, so you won't live the rest of your days. The enemy jacking you around by reminding you of that mess you went through. I'm gonna come to Metro on a day with a crazy message like this. Take the hand of your neighbor. That, it was God's. God's timing. I want you to pray right now. Quit trying to get out of your predicament. Stay right there. Let his favor be upon you. Let his excellence come down upon you. Work right in that, right in the midst of it. When you walk in the door, they can't stand the ground you, you walk on. So walk on that ground anyway. Walk right in there and do what, you, do what you've been called and hired to do. And do it with excellence. And watch Almighty God 
vindicate his name. If you carry his name according to his nature, he will vindicate his name in you. If you carry his name, if you carry his name, he will vindicate his name. He'll vindicate over you. Even though everything around you is negative. Almighty God. Some of you, he's in the process right now. When, 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 he, when he showed up at Potiphar's, when he showed up at Pilate's, another P, when he showed up at Pilate's, at Pilate's desk, Oh, you're the one they're talking about. Oh, you're the son of God? Really? You did this? Jesus standing there like a lamb. He ain't saying nothing. As you've said it, that's the way it is. He's not defending himself. He's not spilling the beans on all the illegal folks. He's not, up on, he's not overturning the Sanhedrin court. He's not calling the false witnesses liars, which they were, exaggerators. He stands, the Bible said he went like a sheep to the slaughter. Some of you have been afraid of being slaughtered. I want to tell you something. They might be slaughtering your reputation right now, but there's a resurrection that's about to happen. But if, you go, if that resurrection is going to happen in your life, then you're going to have to, you're going to, have to stand there and take that slaughter. Get, fix your face, baby. That's what my mama, that's what, that's what my, that's what my wife tell my kids that my mama told me. Fix your face, baby. Get that scorn off your face. Get that cynical smile off your face. Fix your face. While they do what they do and say what they say, you position yourself. And you know how you do that? Get your, re, that's why we have communion. Remember me. Remember my death. Proclaim what I went through. Because when you proclaim it, everything I went through, not only death, but resurrection is coming. And some of you are in that situation right now. You're a pawn in somebody's plot. And no, you don't have right now. You forfeit, turn loose the right to defend, the right to protect yourself. To God, if they slay me, the, how did Job say it? I'm still going to trust you. Jesus, you see the Lord Jesus. They sling, they're slinging more than words. Oh my God. They're slashing, they're ripping them apart. And he's not fighting them back. He knows what's coming. <laughs> it's so bad. I want you to get your, get your heart right. He up to twist it. <laughs> he knows it's coming. The Bible says in Ephesians, in, 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 in Hebrews, because of the joy that was set before him, he endured. Wow. Even the shame, he endured. Strip him of his clothes, come make him bare in front of everybody, and then punish him and watch his flesh quiver as they whip him and beat him. This is where you get the power to abide where you have to abide right now. 
go to the cross. Go to his blood. Say, Lord Jesus, strengthen me that your example might be lived in me because I know you'll vindicate me. I know you'll bring it out on top. Raise his hands. Father, just, just pray. I know you all need to pray. You need to let God pray for the courage that the Lord will give you. Pray for that courage that God will allow that to ascend on you. And for you to do what is right when they falsely accuse, when they lie, that you will do, I will do what is right. I will have whatever conversation that needs to happen. Have a critical conversation with God. Let the power of the Lord Jesus, Lord, be upon my, me. Let the power of the blood wash my soul. Take vengeance away from me. I don't have to pay anybody back. Those of you who know how to speak in that language, you should do so right now in the name of Jesus. You know how to pray that way. I don't know that I've ever preached this kind of message before. I, don't, I think it's the first time in my memory that I can say these things to you. You must be incredibly special. It must be some kind of assignment from heaven for your life. For me to preach to you this way, to tell you to take that pain and let God vindicate your name. Come on, pray. Pray, Lord Jesus. Fix my heart, Lord. Fix my attitude. Lord Jesus. Lord, I, 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 I don't seem to have the power of what it takes whenever time they come against me. I rise up and I come against them. But Lord Jesus, help me. Fix my feet. Fix my mind. Fix my mouth so that I can take it, that I can receive everything. You need the pain of suffering to experience the power and the glory of resurrection. If you'll, if, you'll, if you'll stretch those hands straight up to heaven right now, the Holy Spirit will let that anointing come down on you. That peace that passes all understanding. Those of you that are online, you hear me today. Let the peace of God come upon you that will settle you in the midst of the turmoil and prepare you for mighty resurrection. Prepare you for what God wants to do with your life. Thank you, Lord. Come on, say it. Fix my mind, Lord. Fix my mouth, Lord. Fix my heart, Lord. Lord, have mercy. Have mercy, Jesus. I ask it, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you for the glory that will come forth as a result. I thank you for the mighty testimony of what you have done. I praise you. I thank you. Ooh-wee. God's people said amen.